So if you guys are good at worship, it means you're good at responding while I preach. So you don't all just sit and look at me. You've got to open your mouths. You've got to lift your hands. You've got to stand up. You've got to clap. By the time I've finished you, I'm so encouraged. And it doesn't stop there. That's just the start. Okay, why not? Who used to say that? My friend, Will. Why not? The oaks in the front row, yeah? You are really privileged because you're in the spray zone. So whatever comes out here, you're going to feel it. It's the anointing. (laughs) Oh, you just want to be right in the middle, eh? (laughs) So this morning I've, uh, I've titled this message, What is Your Frog? You know what a frog is? Huh? Those, what do you call a frog? Have you guys got another name for a frog? Pada. Yeah, that's a, like a really ugly one. What is your pada? Okay, so when, when shutdown, lockdown started about two years ago, I was sitting in, in, in my room at the back of the house, and uh, I want to tell you before I even go there, my worst thing, is frogs. I hate them. I really do. Uh, I used to actually be scared of them. Now I just kill them. So, well, they're part of the plague, eh? You know, you know that, eh? With Moses, they were part of the plague. So I, I was sitting there and I saw this frog. Jum, jum. Hey, that sounds quite good. <laughs> so. Here comes this frog, and I thought, no ways. You're not, you're not coming into my garden when I'm stuck in this thing and I can't leave there. So I, I got a bucket, and I caught this frog in the bucket. I thought, okay, when I'm finished, I'll go and throw the frog down. There's a flay below, quite far below our house, and uh, that'll be that. But I'm first going to finish my quiet time. So while I was reading the Word... I'm hearing this, it's, it's jumping up under the lid, and I'm thinking, hey, like, you pushing it, buddy, you, you, you're going you're gonna to get hurt. And so, do you know what happens when a frog is under pressure? It actually starts to push poison out through its body, because eventually when I so under pressure, it does this. So if, eventually when I opened the lid, I saw this thing. It was like all this white gunge coming out through its skin all over the place. I was like, ooh, close the lid. If Patty was at home, because Patty shops all the time, even in lockdown. She, she'll, even, she'll even use uh, going grocery shopping to get out of the house. Babes, why don't you use those delivery things? No, 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 we save money. I'll go, I'll go out there. So anyway, I open this thing, and there it's all this poison. And so I take it down to the flay, and I throw it out, and I see this thing. And I grab the bucket, and I run back home, and I wash the bucket out, put Savlon, Dettel. Which one do you use, Savlon or Dettel? Uh, I put it in there. I put both in there. (laughs) And a few days later, I'm sitting there again. And out of the corner of my eye, 
this frog could rap. <laughs> so I caught it and immediately I took it and went and threw it out. And when I threw it out this time, there was no poison. It was just a normal frog. Uh, and so that was it. I want to say today that all of us need to make sure that we've got the holes closed up. Because I had a hole in my fence where these things were coming through. Those concrete fences. There was a, a hole at the bottom and they were coming through there. I want to say today, if, if there are holes in your life where frogs can get in, you need to get rid of those holes. You really do need to get rid of those holes. And we'll, we'll go back to that at the end. But in Genesis 3 and verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. Don't you find that, like, why is he talking about serpents and animals? Like they're different categories, reptiles, animals. Uh, he said to the woman, did God really say? Don't you have those moments in your life? When the devil says to you, did God really say? Did he really say? Did he really say to Adam, you can buy that vehicle? <laughs> I don't think so, somehow. Just, uh, just putting it out there. You must not eat of any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. So the serpent again, he says, he says, you'll certainly die. You won't. You won't die. He carries on, for God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Now, if you go and read in, in, in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, you'll see the fact that the reason the devil was thrown out of heaven was he wanted to be like God. And so, yeah, he comes with this story again in his own way. I, I was, just a quick story as well. I was going to come in my fancy car this morning. My wife for my 60th birthday bought me an Audi TT. Oh my, it's old, the same year as Adam's, 2005 or whatever. But it, it, it's, it's, I won't say it's my pride and joy because that's my wife. Um, yeah. yeah, baby. You got to take these moments, Adam. <laughs> so I want to say to you this morning, those three questions that were asked, they were temptation coming from the devil. This morning, if the devil had to throw those questions your way, what your, would your response be? What would your response be? I, I, you know what? We think, I oh, know, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't buy the car. I wouldn't buy the off-road 4x4. I wouldn't do all those things. But you know what? And I'm not picking on you, okay? I'm, I'm just using you as an example. What can happen is you can be standing at the front and you think, whoa, I'm good. I, that's why I told you before. 
you are responding to the devil. His key sin was pride. You, you can do all sorts of things and you can find yourself allowing that frog into your bucket. And this morning, I want you to be examining your heart as I speak about these things. Hey, Lord, what is there in my life that I can close the hole, that I can stop it from coming? The thing with pride, the Word of God says, if we will humble ourselves, God will exalt us. And if we will exalt ourselves, He will humble us. Guys, we don't want to be on the... On the No, no, Adam, I can cope. My son, by the way, actually, I'm the father of Daniel Barnard, in case you didn't know. Everyone says, oh, you're Daniel's father. No, no, he's my son. <laughs> I, I had this thing. I took my family and we planted a church into Nelspruit. Daniel was six or seven. And we planted into Nelspruit. The church exploded. It just like, wow. In a very short time. We were there three and a half years. The church was doing really well. And uh, they asked us to go up and take over a church in Benoni because it was really struggling. So we said, okay, we'll go. I thought, yeah, hey, man, I, this church had exploded because of me. You know, I just... Things were happening here, you know. And I got up to Benoni, and disaster began to happen. The first day I was there, the telephone was cut off. The finances were so bad. The, and just from one thing to another, things went wrong in Benoni with the golden boy, you know. I tell you, it humbled me. Eh? It really did because I had to turn to others for help. Whereas before I'd been the one giving the help, I was now asking for help. Pride, we need to watch out for. You will surely not die. Guys, if you go down the wrong path, when I say guys, I mean girls and boys, okay? Well, I have to say guys and gals all the time. So I'll just say guys. Guys, you, you, you need to know that we can get ourselves to believe lies from the devil. We've been, we begin to convince ourselves that the devil is right and God is wrong. I've, I've made those decisions in my life as I've grown up, and I'm, I'm far down the grown-up part now. I'm over 60, so <laughs> I'm getting old. Don't like to admit it but I am. Can't do what I used to be able to do. Physically, but spiritually I can do more than I used to do. So there, it's never too late for anyone. It's never too late. And so I, the third thing is you will be like God. There's such a rebellious thing there where it's like you will be like God. God was the creator. How could we ever take his place? And so for me, there's, there's these three things that you must watch out for. There used to be an advert 
uh, I think it was for Standard Bank where this girl is driving down the road in her little, uh, uh, what do you call those things? Beetle, little beetle, but it had no roof on. And this bee comes and she's driving down the road and then she sees the bee and she starts to try and slap it. And before she can slap it, she ends up against a tree. And so what I, I put this message together that I preached over the years, not this one, but uh, uh, this thing of we get distracted. First thing is we get distracted. Then we get deviated off where we should be going, and then we get destroyed. So that's the process. We, we, we get distracted by what the devil is trying to do, what the frog's trying to do in our bucket. And then we find ourselves, while we're not keeping the focus right, while we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus, on the Holy Spirit, on the Word of God, if, when we lose that sight, when we lose uh, we, the focus of where we should be going, we end up going slightly off direction. And we don't even realize it. But you know what? One degree here is kilometers over there. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so for me, we got to make sure that we keep our focus. we got to make sure that we keep our eyes on what we're supposed to keep our eyes. When we get, uh, as I say, deviated, we can end up right in the wrong place. And then destruction. What do I mean by that? Maybe physical death. Maybe spiritual death. Maybe emotional death. Let me tell you, when God, when the devil kills you emotionally, there's a good chance that you're going to fall off the wagon and not serve Jesus. I believe we've got three batteries in our life. Emotional, physical, spiritual. If any one of those goes flat, it pulls the other two down. And so we need to make sure that our batteries are staying charged. Daniel's a bit like, Adam, he likes four by fours, big, dirty Land Rovers type things. And when that battery goes flat on that vehicle, you can't use a normal vehicle just to start it because it just goes, uh, uh, uh. and you're like, no, no, we need a battery to start this thing. And so that's what happens. When you emotionally, I want to touch on this one because this is for me the most important one. When you allow yourself to be drained emotionally time after time after time, eventually the battery goes, it will not work anymore. Especially when you hit winter. Who knows that when your battery is bad and you hit winter, then it's, mm, mm, mm. hey? You, so uh, I've, I've got a guy who's an elder in my other church, Don. He's got this beautiful Hilux Bucky. It's like, it looks brand new. But the other nights I parked, parked next to him and I heard him. Ah, ah, ah. He sa I said, hey, Donnie, that battery is not going to last. He said, hey, as soon as it started getting cold and we started going into winter, this thing started to play up. But isn't that true in our lives? When we go into winter, things start to go wrong that weren't wrong before. I remember when we got deviated, I was actually driving up to, to Benoni to take Daniel up a car that he had bought 
at We Buy Cars here in uh, Cape Town, and we were driving up, and I, I know I'm stupid, but I always push the thing like, how far can this thing go before it runs out of petrol? And so we are getting near Quinsat, and I thought, ah, if we get to Bloemfontein, those garages are right on the side of the road. I don't have to go into the place. But then when the thing went bing, as, as we started to get close, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to go off. And so we went off, and honestly, the, the place that we found petrol was actually quite dangerous. It looked like Quinsat's uh, Mitchell's plane. But it, it was... It, it was dangerous, and I said to Patty, I'm going to buy petrol, but keep your window up. But you see, it was costly, time was lost, dangerous, all these foolish things, because I allowed myself to be deviated from where God was taking me. And then Romans 6.23 it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Destroyed. The wages of sin. So when you sin, your payment is death. If you don't do something about it. Like Adam could have been dead now from not hearing the Lord. But the Lord said to him, hey, I'll give, you an, I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. But you know what? In the Bible, some guys got a second chance. Some guys didn't get a second chance. You look at Moses. God said to him, touch the rock. He hit the rock. He said, you will not go into the promised land. One chance. You get David, who does all sorts of things, and he gets about ten chances. Saul. Samuel says to him, go and wait. I will come and give an offering, and you will wipe out the enemies. Saul gets, he gets nervous. He sees him coming, so he lights the fire. Samuel arrives there. He says, what's this bleating of sheep that I can hear in my ears? And he said, I couldn't wait for you. I had to do the offering. He says, today the kingdom of Israel has been taken from your hand. Boom, one chance. So you know what? I think we need to live like we've got one chance, but live in the grace of getting more than one chance. I've got to drink my way through sermons. I take some cholesterol medication, makes my mouth dry like crazy. But what do you think, those thoughts that go through your mind, those ones that are going through your mind now, those thoughts, what do you think you will believe? You will believe what you think. And what you believe will drop into your heart and you will speak it out. And so we need to be those that are guarding our mind, guarding our hearts, and making sure that what we speak is edifying to the Lord. So often we, we allow when we're looking for leaders to come through and stuff like that, and you see stuff coming out of their mouth, then you know you can, you can work the thing in reverse. If the words are not good, the heart is not good. And then the mind is not good. 
So back to the frog's question. What is your frog this morning? And what are you doing about it? Do you remember in Matthew 16, Jesus says to Peter, so who do you say I am? When they've all given their opinion of who he could be, he says to Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus says, it's only by revelation and not by flesh and blood that you got that revelation. So this morning, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh, there's nothing, let me tell you, it's not by us observing, but it's by revelation that this morning, if you have a frog, we can deal with it. I want to say to you this morning that if you allow that frog to hang around, it's going to poison whatever it comes into, to, uh, into the same area with. It's going to affect your three batteries that I told you about. You don't want a frog in your battery. You don't want it. So I'm asking you this morning, because when frogs get put under pressure, and my exhortation to the leaders in this church is, when you want to make somebody a leader, put a little fire under them first. Because it brings out the poison. It's a sure way of knowing what's going on in their heart. So if you go back to Genesis and you look at the, the plague of the frogs, you go and look at what God was the God of the frogs, and it says it was sexual immorality. First one, sexual immorality. Guys, I want to I tell you that today this is becoming a major problem. We as Christians have to stand and we have to keep those minds clean so that we can keep the actions clean. The next one was envy. Who are you envious of? This morning, sorry, I, I didn't get your name again. I've forgotten it. Andre. Andre. Afrikaans name like that. Uh, and Andre, there's another Andre there with his Red Bull t-shirt on. Ferrari's going to hammer them today. Anyway, we won't go down that road now. But you, you come up and you look at Andre's singing and you think, hey man, I want that. That's what is for me. Don't shake your head, Andre, it's true. Do you know that false humility is actually pride? Oh. <laughs> the next thing is fear. Fear of man. Fear of, of what could be said to you. How many of you, when you feel God saying something to you and, the, and, and he says to you, I need you to go and speak to that person over there? And you think, whoa, no. That's the chick that I want to date. How can I go and tell her this thing? Hey? Go and tell her, watch out for sexual immorality. She's not going to date you. And the last one, yeah, there we go. Lying. 
Guys, I want to tell you there's no such thing as a white lie. That's racist anyway. So we cannot have white lies. I stayed in, just to prove that God is colorblind, we stay, when we stayed in Nelspreet, we had a church. I can't remember what type of church it was. But they had a sign, and it said, Jesus read. So Jesus read. No, read means save. Jesus saves. Afrikaans, Nelspreet, yeah. So this morning, it's no good just tossing out the problems and not giving you a few tools to actually work those things through in your life. So Isaiah 40, how to prevent, Isaiah 40 and verses 29 to 31. It says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, and I want you to remember that word, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Guys, that word hope, some uh, translations say wait. That word means to entwine yourself around the Holy Spirit. As you spend time in God, you entwine yourself around the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? He takes on your weaknesses, you take on his strengths. You know those vines that grow up the wall? If you pull that thing off the wall, it's weak, it's finished. But while it's on the wall, it's strong. And that's what we need to do with the Holy Spirit. We need to entwine ourselves. We need to fix ourselves into the Holy Spirit. That is the most sure way of not allowing frogs into your life. So this morning, I nearly just said to Adam, well, let's, let's not preach because like Ellie's preaching the whole preacher. But I, I really feel that this morning the Holy Spirit wants to come and do some work. Not necessary physical healing, maybe in your heart, maybe in your mind. And he wants to change a few things. So what is the definition of work of the Holy Spirit? It's the work of the Holy Spirit is the manifest active presence of God in our meeting today. You know, people say, oh, but we live in the presence of God. Yes, you do, but you don't live in the manifest presence of God every single day of your life. It'll kill you. It will kill you. He will kill you. <laughs> so how, how, how do we ensure his ministry is working in our life? When you come up here, how, how do you know that, that he is working? First of all, we must believe. So how does faith come? Actually, a guy said this to me the other day, and I thought, it's so good. Faith comes. It has to come. It's a verb. Faith comes as you read the Word. Faith comes as you listen to the Word. It doesn't come when you do nothing. So you've got to allow that Word to come into your life. And you have to believe that He, he will do what He says He will do. All you guys that are yawning are making me thirsty. 
I'm teasing. <laughs> There's no one yawning. So for me, this sentence, we must ensure that there's no sin, there's no disobedience, or simply ignoring him. Because it cannot be tolerated. We need to keep our lives clean. Clean of sin, clean of disobedience. Clean of just not spending time with God. You know, we always, we always talk about the sins of commission, the things that we do wrong. But there's also sins of omission, the things that we don't do that we are supposed to do. So we need to spend time with Him. We need to hang. I've heard that Adam and uh, Howie, have, have you broken down the fence or a piece of the whole the wall there? Because I know Dan stayed there for a while. They had a, they had a ladder then. But no, the kids can hurt themselves on the ladder. Let's just take out a piece of wall. So they like to hang together. They invite, I hope you do, you invite these guys to hang with you. No, okay. I'm sorry. Well, we're starting a we, you know, there we go. Just rock up. I'd put a higher fence and a bigger gate. <laughs> but we just like to hang together. And you know what? We need to do that with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to get all tense and in the name of Jesus. I traveled a lot to Africa. See those two red chairs there? That's where the Umfundisi the oh, I forgot, not Zulu. Yeah, that, that's where the the pastor sits. Yeah, you must sit there. <laughs> and also, you preach from up there. Do you know why you preach from up there? Do you know the name Germany? Do you know what it means? It means to dominate. That's what it means. And so for me, when I was in the working world, I was an engineer, and I had a lot of guys that worked for me, and I would have to uh, apply discipline sometimes in their life. And so it was a known fact that our chair had to be a little bit higher than the guy that was getting discipline. It's got a psychological thing there. That's what that is. So the, the big shots here actually sit at the back because they're higher than the oak in the front. <laughs> and we need to just open our heart and say, come, come Holy Spirit. I'm here. And sometimes no talking, just sit there. I'm here. Come. And out of the corner of your eye, you see a frog. I don't know about you, but God uses his creation to talk to me. There are things that happen, and I think, whoa, God is talking now. God is talking now. I, I, I know when he's talking. It's very obvious. And, and all of us need to come to that place where we know when he's talking to us. We really do need to. So I'm going to finish here where I've written down proclamation. What I've said to you guys needs to lead to demonstration. There's too much education and not enough importation. So often we teach and we teach, but actually nothing happens. It's only when we're relying on the Holy Spirit and we're stepping up and we're saying, Hey, Lord, I'm trusting you now. 
to touch this person. When Daniel was a young man, I don't know if he's told you this story. My mom owned a huge Rottweiler. It was like 80 kgs. And Dan and Joel, my two youngest guys, got attacked by this thing. They had over 200 stitches each in their head. And and Patty's better at it because she was there fighting the dog off. But I remember just standing in hospital and saying, Lord, please. And, And they weren't allowed to go into the for surgery because they'd eaten too soon and you have to wait until that food goes down before they can actually operate. And I remember just praying and the first one, the neurosurgeon came out and he showed us the x-ray. My youngest son, Joel, the dog had grabbed him by the head and you could see the teeth marks in his head. And he said, a few more seconds and his head would have popped like a coconut. And we were able to say to him, but Jesus saved him. Jesus saved him. And Dan had, Dan's ears were hanging down here. Also scars in his head all over the place. And even today when you talk about dogs and stuff, Dan, you can see he's not, when they start, you can see he's not lack of a thing. Not afraid, but he's, that's not his happy place. So 1 Corinthians 2 and verses 4 and 5, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. One of my favorite scriptures. Because you know what? I like to, I like to stretch myself. Hey, nothing happens, it doesn't matter. But if something happens, yes, Lord. If something happens, yes, Lord, you've done it. We can't do what God does in the spirit realm. We can't do it. You can push people over. You can pull them forward. You can do what you like. You cannot do anything. One last story. I like to tell stories. When we were in Nelspreet, our church was about 40. And one day I preached on the Holy Spirit. And this young man was laying on the floor. And as I walked past, he grabbed me by the ankle and he said, Help me. Help me. Whoa. So anyway, I went to pray for him. And as I started to pray for him, he came up with, I'm the Lord over now, Sprite. I was like, yeah, baby, here we go. (laughs) We cast that thing out. The next week, 80 people, double. People are attracted to the supernatural. We are supernatural people. We're not those that just walk in the physical flesh all the time. We need to be those that are trusting God, looking for opportunities to see the power of God unleashed in our midst. 